WrestlePlug 444 Life. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to hashtag get plugged in. The refreshing, empowering moment that we have all wanted from WWE. It's like ordering a, a medium pizza and then turning up with an extra large and a bottle of Coke. You absolute moldy cheese fucking baby bell dairy lead dunker shit. What happens is these fucking people live in this fantasy land. Everyone got their shit in. Everyone got each other over. Everyone looked good and made the industry look great. People need to fucking back the fuck off Ronda Rousey. New to oh. wrestling talent. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> boys and girls, children of a certain age, welcome back to the Wrestling Podcast. This is episode 492, which means that you're probably listening to it in audio form. But if you're not and you're watching on YouTube, congratulations, because you are about to watch myself and a good friend talk about WWE Elimination Chamber. And if you're watching on YouTube, that means... Cue the Titan Tron. I am Aaron Nix, and joining me to discuss WWE's Elimination Chamber 2021 is, of course, the man that you already you already know who he is. He is so fine. He is smooth as candy. Oh, yeah. He is the Maple Leaf Magician. He's got six times the amount of mic skills that Kenny Omega will ever have. He's got ten times the fashion after what I saw that idiot wearing last week on Dynamite. And frankly, he's got 20 times the amount of insulin because nature is a cruel, cruel beast. But he is, of course, Canada's finest, finest, finest <laughs> after Josh Alexander, of course. Carl oh, I... I have a lot of expectations to love too. Every time you give me these incredible intros, but oh, let's no. start with whatever. What with what was this show, man? What was this show indeed? So the show starts out actually in complete reverse of what we predicted. If you'd seen our predictions, uh, we were pretty adamant that the show was going to open with a WWE title. Not so much. Show opens with the Elimination Chamber to determine the number one contender for the Universal Championship. Of course. This was a great fucking match. Oh, it was so it was probably match of the night, actually, in terms of wrestling. It was phenomenal. It was everything you would want it to be. It had so much going on. And what I loved about it was the pacing. It wasn't just frantic, frantic, frantic spots. Everything meant something. There was good storytelling. Nice to see that a super kick actually means something as well. Yeah, it does when it happens to you four times in a row and your arms trapped in the door. Yeah, oh fucking hell. That was uh that was probably my favorite spot of the match, actually. So obviously there are a lot of things in play here, but it comes down uh to Jey Uso trapping Kevin Owens' arm in the cell. Obviously, he brutalizes him with that super kick while he's trapped, which was a really ingenious situation, actually, because I haven't seen that before. Um, I thought Cesaro was the MVP of the actual match. I thought his wrestling quality was fantastic. It was lovely that even guys like Baron Corbin and Sami Zayn, who we knew weren't really gonna factor into the ending, still gave a great account of themselves and showed what they could do. Baron Corbin's moveset whether you like it or not. It's one of the most exciting movesets in wrestling. And obviously it comes down to our boy Debray dispatching Jey Uso. Uh, what did you think of the chamber match before we get on to the ensuing title match, which frankly didn't last very long? No, I mean, I adored Cesaro in this match. He was, mm. I adored everyone also. They all got their shit in. I popped real hard when Sammy's like, wait, Kevin, wait, we've got history. It's us against them. They don't like us. I actually really liked that line. They're like, we're not Worcester we're not. boys like they are. And Kevin's like, yeah, buddy, you're right. Actually, no. And then just <laughs> yeah, tosses them around. 
Oh, I love those two. They're so good. But this match, the show opened real hot with this. And Cesaro getting all his shit in. KO getting eliminated. I think he was second, second or third, which I was like, you know what? That's fine because we both didn't think he was going to win anyway. Yeah, he was the third. Well, yeah, no, well, no, he was the fourth elimination, wasn't he? And then once he was eliminated, then it come down to uh, Jey Uso and. Oh yeah, Cesaro um, went up before KO. Yeah, but yeah, KO got murdered. He got kicked in the head five times, but that spot was genius. Yeah, keeps him fresh. Keeps him fresh as well, which is nice. Um, Yeah, I I just thought it was excellent. I actually think this is one of the better chamber matches in recent memory, particularly in terms of the men's singles division. Um, I actually thought it was much better than the main event in terms of wrestling quality, at least. Uh, I just, I did say this, actually, on the SmackDown review. I said, you cannot complain about this Elimination Chamber. This is the Elimination Chamber in some ways for the Smarks and the heavy hitters and the indie fanatics and everything, because you had all the great workers in this match. You had Daniel Bryan. You uh, you had Cesaro. You had Jey Uso, who is a world-class worker in his own right. Kevin Owens, who's an indie darling in so many ways. You know, it's, um, and, and you still had that little splash of sports entertainment with guys like, uh, you know, King Corbin, and obviously even Sami Zayn, who I feel has transitioned very nicely, but he's another great indie darling. So it was a fantastic match. Daniel Bryan gets the win. Of course, he's destroyed and his knees buggered and he's not going to get an opportunity to rest because here comes your tribal chief. Uh, literally one moment of hope where Roman Reigns goes for the spear. He catches it into the... Uh, that was the beautiful. Yes that was so kind. I mean, he's so special as a wrestler, and he, Daniel Bryan. You can't deny the man. Even if you're not a fan, you cannot deny the excellence that he brings. He he almost at this, at this point to me, uh, especially coming from me, he feels like a evolution of what Bret Hart could have been in this era he feels like he's evolved that style actually and i wouldn't say surpassed it but definitely built upon it because i feel like he's a better mic worker overall than brett although i did like brett's heel run back in 97 um for me it was just wonderful but of course roman reigns dispatches him pretty quickly after that he's enraged and he beats the shit out of him but you don't really get a chance to mull over it and be too angry because boom The ultimate opportunist has struck again and puts yet another notch on his resume of opportunities because Edge uh, spears Roman Reigns out of nowhere and then points. I love the fact they had pyros queued up. Yeah, they were just ready for it, right? Ridiculous. This is supposed to be a surprise. Why have you got pyros queued up when he points at the sign? And then Michael Cole, what an insufferable prick. Like an hour later on a show, he says to he goes, just so you guys know, before we start this next match, Roman Reigns versus Edge has been confirmed. For WrestleMania, I was like, I, "You don't say, Michael." He's so shit at times, and oh, I I hated him on this show. I thought he was an insufferable little prick, absolutely insufferable, insulting to the audience's intelligence. Doesn't even cut it. But uh, are you excited about Edge versus Roman Reigns? Do you think this is the right choice? Do you prefer Edge versus Roman Reigns? Um, I mean that it is what I predicted. It's all so, a vehicle, isn't it? It's all a vehicle uh, after what we saw later in the show, obviously. So it kind of makes sense. And it kind of has to be ready if you want Edge's Royal Rumble win to really mean yeah. something. I mean, I'm torn as to whether or not I actually want him to beat Roman because, you know, Roman's doing incredible things as the tribal chief. Like, it's fantastic. But on the other hand, I just love Edge so much that he, if he wins, I still won't be upset. This is honestly a win-win, except when it comes to the prediction that we'll do later when I'm like, fuck, I don't know who to choose. 
Yeah, yeah, there's a few whingy tarts online who still maintain, including one of my close friends, actually, Richard. Yeah, I'm going to give you a shout out, mate. He keeps fucking hammering my social media, banging on about how Edge is old and he needs to retire. And the R in rated R stands for retiring. He just hates Edge because he's a salty ass hater who doesn't like talent, obviously. Uh, when he name checked Ziggler as a possible replacement, I was like, no, <laughs> your opinion is redundant. Be quiet. Uh, Edge has elevated his product so much. And even here, he elevates this so much by, you know, and he hasn't, do you know what's great about Edge? He hasn't had to do fuck all really since the Rumble, but he's turned up at every show. He's put guys over. He went to NXT and put their champions over. He's made everything feel pretty, pretty special. I'm actually a little bit heartbroken. He won't challenge at some point for the NXT title. I'm hoping they just do that anyway, just as a kind of special event. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be really nice. Um, and also who doesn't want a, a one off random marquee match with Edge and Finn Balor or Edge versus Adam Cole or Carter Riley or Karrion Cross or basically the entire Pete NXT. Pete Give me Edge and Pete Dunn, Just go to fucking NXT, Edge. Just don't worry about SmackDown, mate. It's boring. Go to NXT. That's where the real stuff's at. But it was good. It was good. I I don't have any complaints. I knew I knew Roman Reigns was going to win. 100%. I knew that Daniel Bryan wasn't even going to get much of a sniff. Um so it'll be interesting to see what they do with Daniel Bryan going forward. Possibly Seth Rollins, not entirely sure. Uh, it just, it's a shame because it's like, yeah, Daniel Bryan kind of got a sniff of on a, a sniff of an opportunity, excuse me. But yeah, overall, I'm just like, okay, maybe uh, maybe the one the one on one at Fastlane just to kind of fill the fill the slot. Yeah, that would be quite nice, actually, just to kind of give him that. And then give him, as long as he has something good and meaningful to do at WrestleMania and he's not in some throwaway mid card match against a guy like Ziggler. I mean, I can't even remember. What did he do last year? Did he wrestle like Drew Gulak or something? Um, what was that? 36. Was he even on the card? Oh, no, he was against Sami Zayn, wasn't he, for the IC title? And I think he lost. Either way, I don't care. Um, it wasn't good. And the fact that we can't remember sums it up, really. Do better with Daniel Bryan this year, WWE. True. Um, Something they could certainly uh, do better with is that United States Championship, couldn't they? Because the United States Championship was defended. Now, I don't watch the kickoff, but I did have it on in the background for the last 10 minutes, just in case they you know, had any cheeky swerves or whatever. And it turns out I missed a fatal four-way match to determine a new number one contender because Keith Lee was apparently too injured to take part. I don't know what that's all about. Maybe it's because they didn't want him taking the fall. Maybe he's got COVID-19. Maybe there's a protocol effect. I don't actually know what it is. Maybe he has got a legitimate injury. I don't care. I don't look at the dirt sheets. I'm not bothered. Uh, nonetheless, though, John Morrison won the Fatal 4-Way, which was fantastic because they had so many other guys in their match like Ricochet and Mustafa Ali, you know, who could have actually been genuine replacements. And they were like, let's go with you, the old time. <laughs> Brilliant. Yes, yet again, the Muslims get overlooked. And yeah, that's Vinnie Mac in a nutshell. I don't know why I'm so surprised by that. Although, as a quick aside, there was an absolutely gnarly bump. I don't know if you saw it, but they recapped it quickly where Ricochet got powerbombed into the fucking ring post. Uh, and yeah, I think I think I saw that. T-Bar and Slap Nuts did that and it just looked horrible. And no, no, none of that. Thank you, Ricochet. Um, but you're still boring to me. Sorry, mate. So, yeah, John Morrison replaces Keith Lee in the Triple Threat match for the United States Championship. Um, there was one outcome I didn't want from this match. One thing. got it. And that's exactly what WWE gave us. Now, do I like, do I hate Matt Riddle because of the allegations? That certainly doesn't help. <laughs> but all in all, I've, I'd like to think I've been out in front and said, I find him boring. I find him insufferable as a human being. I find him insufferable as a character. I've ultimately recognized he's excellent in ring there's no doubting that and every match he has is excellent and that's what makes it so frustrating because you just think god if you had a, just a much better gimmick and you took yourself a bit more seriously i'd probably enjoy you a lot more 
But him winning this match, I don't like that. I thought this match, uh, not having Keith Lee actually really downsized it, not just in terms of mass, but actually in quality of wrestling. I like John Morrison, but I have zero interest in him, um, particularly with this horrible run he's had with The Miz lately, which I think has also devalued the money in a bank, something rotten. And obviously, that's what you're waiting for us to talk about. I know, and we're going to get to it. But I, uh, I, I'm I, really disappointed that Matt Riddle is the United States champion. And, you know, it almost feels like Lashley has sacrificed that belt maybe for something later down the line, or maybe they've sacrificed his title run of sorts. But... I don't understand why you would put the belt on Riddle, a guy who's caused you a lot of problems off camera, off scene. And even if he's completely innocent, I just think there are better guys who could be better suited to this position than him. I really do. So it's not my cup of tea. And I'm quite disappointed that Matt Riddle is your new United States champion. Yeah. But like you say, he's a great wrestler, but that's about it. Like Brat Boy humor isn't for me. I'm too old for that now which is why the elite means jack shit to me, why like the Bullet Club means jack shit to me, mm-hmm. especially the Bucks, because they're just like frat boy funny and I don't care about that. No, stop it. Stop it. <laughs> stop it. But like, I mean, I guess it is what it is. He's the new champ. I assume the run will be meaningless because we're like, what are they going to do with him? Just make him fight someone else in the Hurt Business? I don't care. I I loved what Lashley was doing. I like the potential direction that Lashley is now going, which we'll get to in a bit. But looking at just at Riddle as United States champion. I think he might face Keith Lee at WrestleMania. I mean, I'd be, I'd be okay with that as long as Keith Lee wins. My, that's what I've got my eye on. That's what, I think that's what they're going to do. Because ultimately, you can't deny Keith Lee a spot at WrestleMania, but maybe you can't push him as much as you would like. So this would be a good opportunity for him. And hopefully they can build him in the same way they're building uh, Big E. And maybe both of them could have a big old clash next year for a big title. That'd be pretty sweet. Yeah, just make sure Keith Lee has a mar- like a decent marquee match at WrestleMania. It would be an incredible disservice to not only us as his fans, but him as a person. Yeah, I feel like Keith Lee is... And just that. And it's very disappointing he wasn't in this match because, well, I don't know why. Uh, we'll probably cover it on State Wrestling Address later this week when we look at the news and stuff. I'm sure things will come out and things will be said. But we like to just react and we're not, you know, we like to think that we're fairly markish when it comes to our behavior uh, when it comes to wrestling. So moving on to the women's division, the tag team titles are on the line. Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax versus Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair. Um, it was okay. Nothing wrong with it. I thought Sasha Banks was particularly excellent in this match. Dare I say, I find Bianca Belair to be a little bit bland, Um, which is going to upset a lot of people, I know. I think she's wonderful in the ring. I think she's clearly very talented. She's got an incredible physique. I like her look. I think she's got a winning smile. I think she's got great gear. I love the fact she makes her own gear as well. I think that's fucking cool because anyone who's been in this business will know, man, this shit is expensive really expensive so to make it yourself is very cool and also really really talented to do so but i i can do without the relentless i get it you've got long hair right but if you're not going to use it more in the match which i've noticed they've toned her right down haven't they from mm-hmm. when she was in nxt no we're not getting the hair snap nearly as much um i just wish she would do more than just go like that and slap her ass a lot she does a lot of this slapping her ass stuff and i just think it's a bit, I think she's a bit of a stereotype and I know that upset people and people say I don't have a right to say that, but tough shit. It's my fucking podcast, my platform. Um, 
but she was fine in this match. She was all right. I thought Shayna Baszler proved once again how good she is as an in-ring worker and so so ridiculously undervalued, I think. Um, it's obvious that obviously Naomi and Lana are going to step up next because Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler retain and they essentially retain because of uh, good old Reggie's interference. Reggie comes down with a big old bottle of champagne because he is so thirsty. And not just thirsty for champagne, ladies and gentlemen. He's thirsty for the boss. Who isn't uh, at this point? I mean, you can't blame him. Like, let's Lots be real specimen. here. Specimen. And by the way, if you get a chance, check out these Stone Cold sessions. Uh, Stone Cold Skull Sessions, whatever it's called. The- I was actually watching it before we started. I had, a, I had it on in the background. Yeah, it's, yeah, I was as well. And it it's actually looks excellent. I look forward to thoroughly watching that. They're all so good. I um, also didn't realize that Ivar was one of our trainers. I think that's amazing. <laughs> um, but we're getting off topic. Uh, yeah, he basically throws in a bottle of champagne. The referee's like, what the fuck do you think you're doing? That causes enough of a distraction. And at least the upside to this is Nia Jax gets her win back in a way because it, it, I thought it was really embarrassing having her lose to Reginald. I feel like it didn't help anybody on SmackDown, especially as Reginald was the one who got the win on a team that has your Royal Rumble winner and your SmackDown Women's Champion. And yeah, it's very weird because right now we're supposed to have our eyes on Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks for this massive potential clash, um, you know, for the SmackDown Women's Championship, a huge match that involves black excellence as well. And instead, we're like, why is that creepy Somalian dude fucking running around trying to hit on Sasha Banks? Like, I feel like it's getting in the fucking way and they need to nip this shit in the bud pretty quickly because I'm bored of it now. Uh, I know they teased a split up between him and Carmella and Carmella was pretty furious about what he was up to and stuff like that. And, but uh, it's too carny for me. This belongs on WWE Raw, if anything. Um, but ultimately, they don't use their women's champion. I'm about to get on to that because I'm furious about that. That is the biggest downside to this entire night for me. But uh, the tag team champions retain. And actually, if anything, as much as I hate to say it, you could have just stuck this on the pre-show. Oh, 100%. This was... This match was honestly meaningless. The women's tag team titles have been nothing but props for whoever has them. I guess other than maybe when Sasha and Bailey finally had their implosion. That's probably been the eight... Yeah, that's fair. I thought they were amazing to be chorus. I think they really helped add gravitas actually to the champion. They even defended it in the main event of a pay per view. So can't really say fairer I, than that. I think, I think it's just gone so poorly since then that I kind of just go, oh yeah, I forgot that was a thing. Oh. And now they're just props. I mean, do I care if Naomi and Lana win tag team gold? Not really. I love Naomi to death. I do, but. Do I care if the, if Lana gets a WrestleMania moment? Not really. I mean, do you think that'll be, be a Mania? Do you think they'll hold off until Mania for that? Or do you think they'll pull the trigger? Because Fastlane is now confirmed. Fastlane will be in four weeks. I could see them waiting. Or I could see them losing at Fastlane and getting the win back at Mania because there's no other tag teams. I mean, sure. Um, Baszler and Jax are going down to NXT in a couple weeks, but. Just put Billy K back with Peyton Royce for the love of Christ. Yeah, really? Like, what was the point? Biddy K, by the way, was backstage on a pre-show trying to convince MVP that she would be a good fit to the Hurt Business. And obviously, he didn't have the heart to say to her, sorry, love, but you ain't African-American. Um, <laughs> which, let's be honest, that seems to be one of the entry requirements. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I like it personally. I think it's great. And I think it highlights black excellence again. But 
yeah, Billy Kay wouldn't quite be a good fit for that. Now, Bianca Belair, on the other hand, hmm, heal Bianca Belair in her business. Give me that. That'd be, that'd be good. That would excite me a lot more. In fact, she can replace Cedric Alexander because she's more fucking tougher and a better athlete than he is any day. She's definitely got more charisma. Sorry, Cedric. <laughs> Excuse me, buried, that's one bro. half of your raw tag team champions. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wait a minute, where were those belts? All right, they weren't worthy of being defended on this show, nor was the Raw Women's Championship. So Asuka was due to defend the match against Lacey Evans, defend the title, excuse me, against Lacey Evans in a women's title match. Uh, that didn't happen. We knew that wasn't going to happen because Lacey Evans has been announced as pregnant. And WWE, they do a lot of dodgy things, but if you send a pregnant woman out there to get her ass kicked by a Japanese MMA fire... Wow, you're going to get a lot of heat. Probably more so than it is worth in this day and age. But the fact that you couldn't find anyone to replace her at last minute, you couldn't just, you know, you could have had on that kickoff show instead of fucking, do you know what? Why didn't you just have a one-on-one match with the US Championship and make that fight? Or even better, make the kickoff show actually worth something, put another fucking match on there. Winner of that gets a title shot against Asuka later in the night. Or you could have swallowed your damn pride and put Asuka inside the Elimination Chamber and had her beat five women and defend successfully that Raw Women's Championship. Because then, after that, coming out of it, that belt feels like it has more gravitas. It means something, and you can move on to the next couple of pay-per-views and hopefully have a WrestleMania-worthy matchup, most likely, that will involve, hopefully, we hope, now that Lacey Evans is going to be out of the way, Charlotte Flair and Asuka uh, retelling an incredible story from WrestleMania 34 and beyond. But nah, fuck it. We'll just leave her off the show. And I bet she was made to probably fucking turn up and she probably had to sit backstage and watch this crap with her gear on. Um, and I know what Asuka's like. She's a competitor. She would have loved to have been on this pay-per-view. And I'm sorry, but you found room for a nothing women's tag team match that nobody cares about. And you found room for a United States title win from a suspected rapist. So <laughs> how can you not find room for arguably one of the best women's wrestlers of the modern generation, if not of all time? No, it's a joke. Beggar's belief. That Raw Women's Championship actually is on a par with the tag titles right now. It's terrible. When was the last time it was defended properly? It wasn't defended at the Royal Rumble. She was on the pre-show, which is fine. Um, I understand that to a certain extent. But Sasha Banks, you know, yeah. Sasha Banks is getting all the fucking publicity, and that's fine because she's amazing. But how can you not find time? Also, this show finished at what half two? In the morning, it was only like two and a half hours long. You couldn't yeah. have fit a you couldn't have fit a ten minute match in there against Peyton Royce or someone. Uh, you've got me thinking now because she didn't defend it at the Rumble. She won the women's tag team titles at TLC. Mm-hmm. Did she? She didn't defend it at Survivor Series because it would have been her versus Sasha. Yeah, because that was just like a, a showcase match. Yeah, so she, that that Raw Women's Championship. I'm pretty sure it's not been defended on pay per view for the better part of four or five months now. Yeah, which. And at one point, have the... it was the belt. In the middle of the year, it was Sasha and Asuka going back and forth with Bailey getting involved as well, obviously. And that belt meant so much. You know, as soon as Asuka picked it up off of Becky Lynch, it felt like it needed more legitimacy. Because obviously, I know she won the money in the bank, but she essentially, the idea of the money in the bank was open the case and the belt was out. I thought it was cool. I thought it was a nice touch. I thought, fine, that's not a problem. Congratulations to Becky Lynch and all that nonsense. But you know, they needed to legitimize it. So they worked really hard to do that. And then all of a sudden they were like, yeah, bollocks to you, love. But it's not like we're talking about an average woman. You know, it's not like we're talking about, you know, oh, okay, so it's, you know, it's it's an ivory or something like that. I'm sorry, but, you know, not somebody who is on this kind of level. We're, we're talking about genuinely one of the best women dressers of all time. 
you know, one of the greatest NXT talents period that you ever had. One of the very big reasons why the NXT women's division is so vaunted is because of what Asuka did to help build it to the stage it was, along with people obviously like Paige. I just, I'm just so disappointed. I'm so disappointed. Like, I get it. You know, maybe they thought we'd rather just not have a match because people won't be invested in it. But actually, all you're doing is saying that we don't care that much about women's wrestling. And the fact that the Raw Tag Team Championships, the SmackDown Tag Team Championships, both women's main championships, none of those belts were defended on this show. But you found room for Bad Bunny to, you know... Get in the Miz's face, which I must admit I enjoyed, especially when he slapped around the chops and he kind of took a moment. And when he turned around, Damian Priest was there instead <laughs> and he his pants, which is great. By the way, people moan about Damian Priest being around Bad Buddy. That's a good thing <laughs> because all of a sudden people are going to be like, yo, who's that ridiculously good looking fucking jacked up dude who's standing next to Bad Bunny all the time, the person that we love? as opposed to we don't really care about wrestling, we're just watching it for Bad Bunny. Now, he, by association, is going to get a big rub off of that, I think, and I'm really pleased for him because he deserves it. And also, he's just got Superstar written all over him. So hopefully, we're going to have something good for Damian Priest to do at WrestleMania as well. Probably going to tag up with Bad Bunny, isn't he, against, (laughs) um, I don't know, two scrubs. It won't be the Miz and Morrison, um, (laughs) or at least it won't be right now. So... The Miz might have got slapped around the face by Bad Bunny. Maybe that's why. Maybe literally by osmosis, that's why they decided to go the route that they did. Because the main event was the WWE Elimination Chamber title match. And I must admit, I was like, hmm. And they really gave it their all to set it up. Oh, is The Fiend going to come out and attack Randy Orton? No, he's not. Is uh, yeah, Alexa Bliss going to be involved maybe and distract Randy Orton? No, she's not. <gasps> Omus ripped off the cell door. Possibly, uh, Bobby, you know, possibly, um, you know, Brock Lesnar might come back. No, he's not going to. Maybe Braun Strowman's going to burst out of nowhere and attack someone. No, apparently he's going to wrestle Shane McMahon according to the dirt sheets. <clears throat> I, I would have killed myself if Shane, or not Shane, if Braun Strowman just like busted into the chamber. But at least it would have been something. (laughs) Instead, there wasn't really anything until the end. Now, the match I thought was good, Smash Mouth. I didn't think it was as good as the first Chamber match, but that's not really... It's not a bad thing. Like, the first Chamber match was, I would argue, from a storytelling and psychological perspective, damn near five stars. So, you know, even if you'd had a decent match, it still would have been excellent. And it was, I thought. Uh, I thought Kofi Kingston was fucking fantastic in this match, actually. He was my MVP. I thought he was wonderful. I thought he was magical. Uh, him eliminating Orton was a huge surprise, actually. Uh, just just eliminated him. Like, there you go. Fuck off, Orton. Orton was out second, I want to say. No, I think he was out. Oh, he was first. Yeah, he, he was, was out first. first. Yes. <laughs> have you seen all the memes that have been going around Twitter now of Orton wearing all the African-American, like, traditional yeah. people saying that? Orton saves Black History Month by allowing Kofi Kingston to pin him in it. Oh, they, I got love Black Twitter sometimes. They do amuse the fuck out of me. They really do. They're, they're very funny people. Well done to whoever's been setting all those uh, those memes and gifts off. I think they're great fun. But um, yeah, no, I. It was a good match. Drew McIntyre obviously pretty much went the distance. He was. Uh, one of the first guys out of the chamber, which was quite cool. I thought Jeff Hardy actually was in there. Jeff Hardy was in there a long time, but dare I say it felt like he was a bit of a passenger for a long time. That's how it felt to me. Yeah, he didn't he didn't do a lot. Like he hit three twist of fates, like in succession. And have you noticed people are taking the twist of fate like a stunner now? 
like they yeah. like dropped to their knees. The other one that took it the way like it used to was AJ Styles. Like he went like uh, full face down because I know like fucking Drew took it on a knee, which is fine. But like Sheamus like took just took it like a stutter. And I'm like, big guys, big guys in general uh, tend to take front bumps with a knee. And I I used to watch like OSW Review, who we love here, by the way. Uh, they always get on about Kane and his one knee bumps. Um, but I'll tell you why that is. Because when you're a much bigger guy, front bumps hurt like fucking crazy. You have no idea. I'll give you, like, for instance, I'm six foot four, I'm 350 pounds. I go down to wrestling training and they're like, right, this is what we're going to do, Aaron. Front bump. Okay. First time I took a front bump. And I remember this and I'll, I'll just let you in on it. This will probably be in my interview many, many moons uh, later when I end up getting drunk and having to do a shoot interview to make some money to, you know, afford my crack addictions. But ultimately, uh, sorry, my name's not Mike Janetti, allegedly. Uh, <laughs> damn. <laughs> um, yeah, no, the front bump, the idea is that you sweep your legs out from underneath you and you fucking hit the floor flat. And the idea is that your hands slap and they kind of take the most of it. But obviously, if you're a big guy and if you're like me, quite portly, shall we say, like I'm more of a Vader, definitely, than I am a, a Braun Strowman, you just fucking crash into the floor really fucking hard. You think it's bad landing on your back? That's one thing. Landing on your front. When you're a heavy guy, imagine driving 350 pounds. That's about 21 stone, by the way, straight into the fucking floor face first. That's why people use their knee because it fucking hurts like crazy. And I don't really want my spleen to burst. <laughs> so, yeah. And to be fair, I don't actually use a knee, or at least I don't yet. But my God, the more I look at that, the more I see why I want to. Because every time they ask me to do a front bump in training, I literally look like I'm about to cry. It's the one thing I hate more than anything else. Yeah, totally fair. I, I don't I don't think I was critiquing it, so it's just, just something I've noticed. No, no, I just wanted to give people context because I imagine okay. a lot of people who watch this probably haven't taken a front bump or, you know, maybe not necessarily trained. Uh, although I, I absolutely recommend it if you can get the opportunity. It's If nothing else, it's really good for fitness and it is actually good camaraderie and it is really good to kind of, you know, your, your body feels like it's achieved something and is nice um although you will feel like you've been in a car crash for the first four weeks minimum <laughs> that's just the way it is which is why every wrestler is shitting their brakes because once covid goes away we're all going to go back to training and we're all going to cry for a few weeks <laughs> i expect a lot of moaning on twitter back to the match drew mcintyre successively retains by claymoring aj styles into the stratosphere uh, <laughs> i love that gnarly <laughs> i was i was actually surprised it wasn't him and sheamus final two I, yeah, because that was that was your prediction, and that was pretty much my prediction as well. AJ Styles was a real surprise, actually, but it wasn't like they built on it, was it? Because he immediately went to the outside, hit with a phenomenal forearm, got caught yeah. mid-air with a claymore, which was pretty sick, to be fair. Drew McIntyre retains. The cage comes up. They give it just a little bit enough time. So there was none of that shenanigans or interactions that we thought there was. And then all of a sudden, he gets blindsided by Bobby Lashley for the Hurt Business. Now... For context, right before this match started, they showed a clip with no audio of MVP speaking to The Miz. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with that. Uh, Miz was looking at his briefcase. MVP was talking to him, looking back at the briefcase. You know, there was obviously some sort of deal being made. So they've obviously made a deal with the devil, which is why Bobby Lashley came down and destroyed Drew McIntyre. Gave him the business, the hurt business. See what I did there? <laughs> and of course, the Miz cashes in his money in the bank successfully to become your new WWE champion. Drew McIntyre, he desperately wanted to go coast to coast and defend the title at WrestleMania. Right now, it certainly doesn't look like that's the case. 
maybe that's what's going to build to fast lane. Um, they're going to have to get in gear pretty quick, though, if they're going to get this belt back on, Drew. Um, what do you make of all this? Are you okay with The Miz cashing in? Are you okay with The Miz being WWE champion now? Would you like to have seen Drew McIntyre retain? What's your thoughts? I, I'm still not sure I've processed it correctly because I remember seeing, I heard The Miz's music and I'm just sitting here and I'm going, okay, ma- makes sense. And then Drew got, got up to his feet. I'm like, okay, the, the Miz runs at him. He's just going to get Claymore and they're going to call it a day. And then it didn't happen. No. I'm like, I'm like, okay, this is weird, but I'll keep watching. Skull crushing, skull crushing finale, excuse me, one, two, three. I'm like, eh, excuse me? And it's 2021, and The Miz is your WWE champion. I'm on, I like The Miz. I've always liked The Miz, but lately his run was just a little meh. Like, since John Morrison came back, which I was really excited for when they first, he came back and they first got together, I was really looking forward to it. I'll get Ty Valkyrie in here immediately. Where? Well, absolutely. And then nothing came of it. And I'm like, oh, sorry, I think they won the SmackDown tag team titles at some point. Whoa. And now... Yeah, because they defended them in the Elimination Chamber last year. Okay, yeah. And now... Oh, the Elimination Chamber rapidly becoming the Miz's thing. <laughs> Mr. Elimination Chamber. Oh, I'm and, not sure. Not sure what to make of that. There's no, <laughs> many a joke I could make, but I won't. No, uh, but now I'm not. A what huge do they fan, do? Personally. What do they do with this? I'm not a huge fan because the build to this briefcase has been a joke. Even earlier in the night, he got slapped up by a fucking Latin rap artist who doesn't wrestle. <laughs> and you thought, okay, now. I get it. You're supposed to hate it because he's a bitch. Remember when he first won it and there's that amazing shot of that little kid going... Yeah, Angry Miz Girl. Yeah, and she was like all over the gift scene. I know it was about half an hour ago on the Twitter feed. Everywhere. Everyone was posting that again. <laughs> Hopefully that girl's getting some sort of residuals for a college fund. <laughs> but be very yeah, cool, that was 10 actually. years ago. I was going to say, she must be like well old now. I'd love it if she decides to become a wrestler. And she decides to come for the Miz. <laughs> like that would be so <laughs> cool. What a storyline. Swings and roundabouts. Like eventually, when the Miz is a bit older, like, you know, he's, he's standing atop. He's like, finally, I'm WWE champion again. And maybe on Raw tomorrow night, he just gets blindsided by a woman. <laughs> like, I've come back for you, Miz. Not this time. I'm old enough to do something about it. That'd be so sick. Um, but yeah, no, I. <laughs> It's one of those things where I sat there and I thought, right, I don't know how to process this. Do I hear it? Like, at one point, I love The Miz more than anyone else. Obviously, he's biggest champion. I know Nails is very excited. She's just tweeted us and said she's dancing around to hate me now, which is fair enough. She's a huge Miz mark, so she's very excited, obviously. Um, and that's coming from somebody who's not a huge WWE fan as well. But I, uh, I, I don't know whether I like it enough. And instead of shitting on it, or whinging about it. I'm going to wait and see what they do on Raw. What it does do is give you a lot of intrigue coming into Raw. And I'm glad that the WWE title was the main event. 
it made the belt feel a little bit more important. And I actually think Drew McIntyre, they've done such a great job booking him because they could have gone completely in the wrong direction with him. I really wish he had maintained a little bit more of his heel direction. Remember before he was WWE champion, he just felt like he had a bit more of an edge, you know, and he just felt a bit more meaner, you know, a bit more aggressive. And then as soon as he won the Rumble, he just became, hoi, good guy, Scottish guy, you know, give us a, give us a biscuit and some shot, bread, you bastard. You know, everything was kind of happy-go-lucky. And I just thought, I like my, especially when you're a berserker, like, I want to see more mean direction. And we got a little bit of it in the cage, actually. There's some great nuances in this match. Some great shots of Drew McIntyre just staring a hole through people. Um, you know, it, it was it was fine. It was a decent match. And the Miz coming out as WWE Champion is definitely a surprise, especially with what happened with the Hurt Business. Hopefully, the one thing that I'm really excited about is this is going to help elevate Bobby Lashley a bit because he deserves to be around that thing and as you know i've been on this crusade for the last six months whinging about how he deserves to be champion and the last time around wrestlemania season i whinged about someone that i wish would be champion it was jinder mahal (laughs) and then fast forward he won the (laughs) wwe title so expect bobby lashley to be wwe champion for the next three months just i'm calling it right now um the rumor is that he might be facing brock lesnar at wrestlemania if that's the case (laughs) give it give it just give it a minute fuck it just give it a minute I've been it's, waiting for that since Lashley came back in 2018, bro. It's now or never, isn't it, really? It's now or never. You've got to do it. Just, you've just got to pull the trigger, otherwise people will lose interest in it. It's got to be done. Do it now or forever hold your peace. But I, I thought, actually, Elimination Chamber was a great watch. I love the fact it was two and a half hours long. You know, this this show was as long as um, NXT TakeOver Vengeance Day. And do you know what? That was why I felt consistently WWE had far better paid views than anyone else last year. And I watched a lot of stuff. We we had a good time covering some of the AEW stuff. We didn't hate it. We loved some of those shows. Um, but WWE consistently, especially in the COVID era where they've had to shorten their pay-per-views right down, I felt like they have really knocked it out of the park. I don't recall a pay-per-view where I really thought, God, what a pile of shit. And even if the booking doesn't necessarily go in the direction you want, you kind of love the the sports entertainment or the wrestling side of things even. You know, even if people didn't enjoy the show as much, you can't tell me that first elimination show wasn't an absolute spectacular showing of how great these guys can work. You know, and, and for me, one thing they did very well was build talent that we don't necessarily see as main event. Cesaro comes out of this looking, you know, an absolute superstar. Kofi Kingston has reminded the world of how special he can be. You know, Jeff Hardy went and quite a distance in that cage match, whether you like him or not. Um, you know, obviously, Bobby Lashley came, you know, being put into a more secure point. Uh, the Miz winning is ultimately something fresh that we haven't seen for a long time. I know he's been around for a long time, but some would argue he's deserved a push for quite a long time. Do you know why I'm a little bit off with it? Because I wish they pulled this fucking trigger when he was red hot about three years ago. Not waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. Now we'll pull the trigger when he's finally going in the other direction where people are fed up with him again. So, yeah, it would be curious to see whether the direction with Morrison continues as well, because obviously Morrison losing his opportunity to win the United States Championship, maybe the Miz mugs him off and thinks, well, you're useless to me now. The Miz turned on Morrison originally already when Morrison first left the company. Yeah, yeah. So it wouldn't surprise me if they turn on him again. Miz versus Bad Bunny, champion versus champion, main event of WrestleMania. Oh, Let's God. go. Let's fucking go. Oh, do you think they might like have do you think Bad Bunny might cost the Miz the WWE title? Yep, 100% I do. 100% I do. Yep. 
I think the Miz is going to hold the belt for like four weeks. Uh, might be a rematch with Drew. Might this be. It's going to be like when Sheamus cashed it in, isn't it? And won it and then lost it to Roman Reigns on Raw about three weeks later. <laughs> yeah, that um, was what, Sur- Survivor Series 2015, I think. And then, yeah, he, ca- he won the ladder match or whatever on Raw. Yeah. yeah, I think it's going to be something very similar to that. I don't trust WWE, mate. I do not trust them, man. So. Oh, look, um, I saw someone sent me like a picture on Twitter. It was like people think they had said spoilers of Elimination Chamber because it was like WWE Randy Orton, champion Randy Orton comes out. And right under that was Jeff Hardy versus Elias in a guitar match. I'm like, did guitar on a pole? I'm like, this was like after Hell in a Cell like four months ago. They obviously didn't spoil it. Someone has fooled you. Yeah, there's a lot of dumbasses out there, isn't there? But uh, I'd love to know what you guys think. If you made it this far into this review, if you listen to this at home, exactly. Carl knows the score, and so do you. There's a comment section for a reason. Do you like the Miz being WWE champion? I want to know. Are you p- pissed off that The Fiend wasn't there? I know Lee Meeks will. Shout out to our good brother who won the uh, 200 subscriber award. And by the way, the 300 subscriber award is rapidly approaching. Um, but in the meantime, until we get to 300 subscribers, and if you haven't watched it already, you should have watched our interview with Josh Alexander. Come on, pull your thumb out. But uh, yeah, it was an interesting night. I'll say that much. Any closing thoughts, Mr. Wilkinson, before we wrap it up? Honestly, I think I'm just still a little dumbfounded. I'm still trying to understand why and where it's going to go. But I guess, yeah, well, uh, I'm sure we'll bring it up on State of Wrestling Address. We'll go, this is kind of what happened. I know you'll talk about it on the Raw Review, which you guys should all listen to. Yes, you should. Yeah, I will be back uh, tomorrow to discuss Raw. But yeah, sorry, mate. Carry on. Any uh, anything else you want to add? No, nah, man. It's just like I enjoyed the show overall. I really did. Like you say, the opening match. They came hot out of the gate. It was incredible. It must have been like a Ring of Honor fan's wet dream at some point. And then, you know, there the middle had some meh. And then it kind of crescendoed again, if you want to call it that. Because like you said, the Miz being WWE champion is something fresh. It's something new. And it's honestly, even though I saw MVP talk to the Miz, it still surprised me. I did not see that coming. I saw the cash in coming, I guess, but I didn't see the Miz winning. So I was like, hmm. Yeah, I wonder what was going on because obviously Lashley stood over him and then Miz came out. So, but it'll be interesting to see what happens. And obviously, like uh, Carl, uh, you know, pointed out, I will be covering Raw, of course. I'll be back tomorrow night to cover that for the YouTube channel. So look out for that. Make sure you check in with us for that. I'll obviously, be reviewing Raw this week, NXT, Impact Wrestling. I'll be paying a lot of attention to, particularly as the Man Crush Central will obviously be in the house once again. So I'm looking forward to that. I will be covering Dynamite as well. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what those guys can throw us and just trying to get as much content out there as possible and really grow this YouTube channel. So obviously, it's up to you guys to really help us out with the big boost. I'll give you all the content you need, but you got to help us out with the algorithm. you got to like, you got to subscribe, you got to comment, you got to save the video to a playlist if you can. You know, I, I really want us to build, I want us to grow, and I want this to be the platform, the podcast of genuine, honest, hard-hitting opinions in wrestling. No bullshit, no flim-flam, just honesty and good 
conversation about wrestling and hopefully we can bring as much of you on board because we actually genuinely pride ourselves in interacting with you and we actually give a shit what you think it's not just fucking lip service like it is in other places i genuinely care and that's why i graft and that's why i'm up at crazy o'clock every single night editing these videos because ultimately i want you guys to have a good time and have something really to enjoy during difficult times so for myself erinix and carl wilkinson thank you very much for checking in with the wrestle blog as always don't forget to set your notifications to on when it comes to our videos because that way you can get all of our content straight into your notifications immediately instead of having to wait or search for us and of course don't forget we also have an audio podcast as well so if you're thinking i don't really have time to sit down and watch an hour's worth of elimination chamber review no problem stick your earbuds in you can get wrestle plug wherever you get your podcasts from uh, until then i'll catch you very soon for more content from the wrestle plug <laughs>